Welcome to another episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast. I'm your co-host, Aaron Manis. And I'm your other co-host, Seth Macy. I sound a little nasally today, Aaron. I just got over round two of the dreaded global virus. Vid. It sucked. Feeling better though, but was not doing so hot for a while. Yeah. No, no, you were not. Uh, The sickness is going around. Down with the sickness. Canada, US, no... No qualms about it. Take your vitamin it's, D. It's Take your vitamin D. You gotta. Speaking of vitamin D, being out on the golf course, today we have Evan Schiller, a golf photography expert. He spends his time professionally taking photos of golf courses around the world. As you know, I love the game of golf. I I was very attracted to his profile and the way he kind of goes about his his craft i had to have him on the show we wanted to discuss you know what it's like his transition from golfing as a professional and in the sport to still being part of the game i think that's very interesting some of the the commonalities between photography and golf that i've found i wanted to bounce some of that off of him and see what his thoughts were on that there's tons of parallels uh, in terms of the mindset and I was just kind of jealous of the amount of golf courses and spectacular signature holes he's taken a look at and gotten from a, a bird's eye view, literally, uh, in terms of getting these pictures taken, these photos taken of these beautiful places. I thought it was an interesting. Um, it, was, it was a golfing chat, you know. If, if we're going to clap for this one, it's going to be it's going to be quiet. It was a it was a golfing chat, but we loved it. And I don't know, Seth, do you have anything to add? Well, it was tough to get a word in this one because, you know, you're just golf, 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 and he's golf, golf, golf. (laughs) And that's great. I like it. I I like when people are passionate about things. I'm not as passionate, so you took more of a lead on this one, but uh, I was, it was still enjoyable to sit in and and chime in when I could. I was a bit of a spitfire in this one when I did chat, just because I think uh, coming on the mend, had some opinions and we'll, we'll see if I'm a little, uh, we'll see if I'm a little more cheerier in the next, uh, the next episode we'll see we'll see well i guess we'll be the judge we'll take a listen without further ado uh let's go hear it it is only fitting that our good friends over at encore golf are sponsoring this episode of the photographer mindset and i'm here to tell you just two things number one encore golf balls have been in my bag for the last two years straight and if you know me as a golfer which you probably don't but you would know that i love tinkering with equipment but not my vero x2 encore golf ball that is a variable i do not have to worry about anymore and the second thing i wanted to tell you is that through december they run one of the best sales in the industry if you buy two dozen golf balls you get a dozen free i repeat if you buy two dozen golf balls you're going to get another box free So imagine you have three golf lovers in your life this holiday season. Presents are done. So head over to EncoreGolf.com today. Welcome to the show. Uh, This is the Photographer Mindset Podcast. As we said, we like to get into a lot of the the mindset and the the creative headspace of creators. Uh, I came across your profile, and as a, a golf lover myself, I immediately reached out and was like, "You got to be on the show because it's such an interesting. I mean, it's a mix of sports, landscape, portraiture, like whatever you want to call it. It's just a. I find it a, a very pleasing to the eye niche of photography. So, welcome to the show, Evan. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it, guys. 
And Seth's here as always. Hey, Seth, how you doing? I'm doing well. I think you're you just you're biased to the game of golf, so you had to go out and find someone like Evan. (laughs) I did. I thought it'd be a a different little take on things. Uh, I'm curious. I mean, Evan, you're going to tell us your story, but I want to hear you know from the beginning your love for the game and how it transitioned into photography. What came first? Uh, How did it transition? How did it become your profession now? How do you transition from thinking professional golf to professional photography, all those little things. And yeah, I think we'll, we'll just go from there. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, golf, neither golf or photography was really, neither one was planned. My father got me introduced, you know, introduced me to the game. He loved it. I mean, I, he was never a professional, but you know, I don't know, maybe he was at best a nine handicap. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's, gave me my first lessons. He took me to the driving range. He took me to the golf course. And so I, you know, I started getting interested and I started playing. And I think it was in high school where I met a couple of guys on the golf team and they said, you know, you should try out. So I tried out and wasn't any big deal. The coach watched me swing and goes, okay, you're on the team. Um, (laughs) It wasn't any great. Good enough. Yeah. And I had played in some, you know, junior tournaments and things like that growing up, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I probably started playing tournaments when I was pretty young. Jeez, I don't even know, 12, 13, something like that. And then I played high school golf. I played college golf. Even when I got out of college, I didn't think I was good enough to play professional golf. But my father was always really supportive. He goes, you know what? Why don't you just give it a shot? You don't want to look back in 10 years and say, hey, I wish I had tried to do this. And then it's too late, right? Yeah. So he goes, listen, I'll support you to the degree I can emotionally and somewhat financially. And if it gets too expensive, we'll, you know, we'll get some guys together and, you know, get a group to sponsor you. So that's, you know, how it started off. And it was, it was kind of rough. Yeah. Starting off. Yeah. Because I remember playing, you know, amateur golf and it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, you'd go to these really nice tournaments and you'd be with your buddies and they treat you really nice. And yeah, it was just, it was really nice. It was fun. And, and then my intro to professional golf was playing mini tours in Florida where you're driving in carts and you're playing with these guys, you know, or been out there for a long time and they're kind of a little bit rough and beaten and you know it just didn't seem like golf to me right and as it was really soured me but i anyway i stuck with it and played a lot of tournaments i played on mini tours i played a little bit in europe uh you know i went to the tour school i made it to the finals one year and it was i think i'm kind of fast forwarding this story i think it was in 1980 I want to say seven or eight, I was playing in the California Open. It was out in Palm Springs, and it was in the middle of summer. It was, you know, 120 degrees. It was the hottest I'd ever experienced. And anyway, somebody said, hey, you know, you guys, when you're done with this tournament, you should go down the street and play this this new course that just opened up. It happened to be the stadium course at PJ West. It was a Pete Dye golf course. And uh, it was okay. So after the morning after the tournament, we got up really early. My friend Tom Patry and I went down and teed off early so we would beat the heat. And we came to the ninth hole, and it was this beautiful peat dye hole. It was a slight little dog leg left and had the sand trap running the length of the fairway. It had the railroad ties. And then mm-hmm. the, backdrop, the back of it, uh, you know, was backdrop was this beautiful mountain. And there was a lake, and there was a perfect reflection in the lake of the mountain. 
it was it was beautiful even though it was you know a little bit later in the morning it was still really beautiful in fact the hole is the name of the hole is called reflection and it's like didn't have cell phones then so i said you know what i really wish i had a camera so i went home and bought a camera you know it was a i think it was a minolta 35 millimeter and started toting it along with me just taking pictures of some of the courses taking pictures of my buddies i would hang them on the wall just for kicks, you know, I'd give some to my friends. And then a number of years later, I think it was like four or five years later, the same guy, Tom, who I had played with, was uh, an assistant pro at Westchester Country Club in, in New York. And I had been working as an assistant at a club down the street, Quaker Ridge. And he said, you know, would you like to come over here and work? And so I, I talked and I said, yeah, sure. And while I was over there, they had the Buick Classic tour event. And you know, so Tom said, you know, why don't you put some of these photos you've been taking up in the pro shop and see if we can sell some. And I laughed at that idea because I just <laughs> thought, who the hell is going to buy these things, right? Yeah. I mean, I had no real photography background. I mean, my mother was a good photographer. My father was a filmmaker, not professionally, but, you know, but that was about it. I never took a photography class. And anyway, so we put the photos up in the pro shop and the first day, a few of them sold to my surprise. And we put a few more and they sold. And then I did it at a few other clubs in the area. And that's how it got started, kicked off however many years ago. That's um, really that's really cool. And it, it's cool. I saw that YouTube click or that, or clip, that interview, where you talk about that shot with the reflection and yeah. how, the, how this one landscape, in a sense, just encouraged you, inspired you to buy a camera and get into photography. I think yeah. that's, a, that's a cool moment, like a specific hole. And, and and like golf, a specific hole can make or break a guy's year, uh, you know, in yeah. terms of are they going to make a Q school or the tour or this tournament or the cut that then allows them to get paid to keep going. It just is very, there's some parallels here for sure. Yeah. And ironically, years later, my wife and I bought a place out there, a little, a condo, a little condo. And, you know, we live just down the street from there. You know, we've got in the winter. Mm-hmm. We've since, you know, since sold it. And I had PJ West became a client of mine, so I photographed and went down. I have six six courses there. I photographed all the courses, but every time I'd go back to that ninth hole to take photos of it, I remember that day and how different it is now. Because when when I was there, it was just a golf course and desert sand, mm-hmm. and now all holes are lined with houses or oh. yeah, houses or condos. Just lined. interesting. So different. Yeah, there was nothing out there. Now it's completely built over. Hmm. Um, so it, it's changed a lot. So, so do you I, have photos? Every time I come back to that hole, I remember that. that yeah. Uh, do you have photos from before all the condos or or I, both? Yeah, I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're somewhere buried in a box. Gotcha. It's cool. Uh, it reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever re- read the book. There's a book, Tour Confidential by Ewan Porter, I think, is the author and golfer. And it just right. talks about the grind. And for people that don't know a, a little bit about golf, I mean, we see the we see the best players of every week. And sometimes there can be trends. And we all know, you know, the Rory's and the Tiger Woods and the people that are kind of guaranteed to be in tournaments. But there's this whole other echelon of golfers that, first of all, you're paying for every tournament that you enter a good amount of money to enter a tournament. And if you don't make the cut, you get $0. Yeah. No money. So 
if you're missing a lot of cuts and you're one of these players that's starting off and trying to make it, that's where uh, Evan was talking about getting sponsorship and having a lot of people pool money that are kind of betting on you. And that is a ton of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a ton most, of pressure. You know, most guys are not, although now there's more opportunities to make money than when I was playing, but still it's also more expensive to travel. You know, you've got, yeah hotel and food and car and plane and what have you yeah so in this book he he went over uh missed cuts by one stroke how many times he missed a cut by one stroke and the difference between that one putt or not uh, equated to four hundred thousand dollars in in his lifetime so to, to zero because of one shot so when people talk about like the yips or not able to putt or the pressure gets to them in golf it it really surrounds around that sort of financial piece um for a, a good portion of the field that's out there that yeah. get the opportunity to make a name for themselves or or go home and never be seen again you know so uh, we used to call, yeah we used to call them trunk slammers trunk slam- yeah yeah. So if you missed the cut, you were throwing your bag in your trunk and slamming it. Man, I mean, it, it's a it's a with one another. Go, how'd you do? I'm slamming it this week. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is a it's. I love the game. It's a frustrating game. It's like I mean, there's there is a golf god somewhere that yep. that that plays puppet master. I think with some of our uh, some of our rounds. But yeah. enough about golf for now. We're going to get into golf stuff, but we want to get into the photography stuff. You're big with the drone right now. You have a monster drone. What What is that baby you're flying? Is that, <laughs> is that a, a helicopter, basically? Yeah, well, essentially, I mean, I mean, it's a flying camera, I Yeah, mean, basically. I have been using for about a year now Sony AirPeak. It's mm. Sony's first foray into the drone world. Before that, I had been using, uh, and I still do at times for some things, and uh, DJI Inspire too. But when Sony came out with this thing, there's no drone out there other than if you make your own that can fly a full frame DSLR. You know, you could build a drone and then you know mm-hmm. build a gimbal for it, or maybe buy a gimbal and okay, and then hook a camera up to it. But when Sony came out with this all in one system that they built specifically for that in other words the drone is built to fly sony cameras designated sony lenses i jumped on that i did you know i did my due diligence but essentially yeah i'm flying a sony airpeak uh i use a sony a7r5 that just came out six months ago yeah that's what i shoot i would not put that up in the air (laughs) i wouldn't want to it's, There's no way. It goes up all the time. Oh, so, is, it, is it a little scary? It must have been a little scary the first at couple first times. At first it was. At first it was like, holy shit. Holy yeah. God. No, you can you can swear for that on this show. You that's fine. Shit. Yeah. Because uh, I'd you know, be I'm flying this thing that's, I mean, it's huge compared to what I was. A big drone flying this, you know, full-frame DSLR camera with, you know, I have, I went to three, four, I think I use a, four lenses different lenses you know you're limited you can't use all the lenses because some of them are just too heavy yeah you know like the um uh, 50 gm 1.2 is too heavy so Mm -hmm. i use the the 1.4 so yeah it's been a real game changer i mean well you know the quality of the images are just so far superior to any other drone out there now other unless you're flying a some drone that flies a dslr there's more a lot more to it 
then with a lot of these drones, you know, you take them out of the box and, you know, you mm-hmm. off. You know, with the Inspires a little more, the, the landing gear would go up and down. You had to mount the camera, you know, they put a lens on. But other than that, you know, put the props on and you're off. Yeah. You know, with this, you got to you got to put the gimbal on, then you got to balance it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's serious. Yeah, it looks anyway. serious. I mean, yeah, just it, in that video. Yeah, um, so it takes, you know, it takes a little longer to set up and put, you know, and put down. It's bigger and heavier. It's a little more complicated. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the flight time is less, substantially less. I mean, they just came out with some longer life batteries, but it can stay up 13 minutes max, but more like 12, 12 and a half. But yeah, you got to get it down safe. Yeah, you got to get, you're not going to fly to 13. You're going to fly it till, you know, there's, I have it set. <laughs> So it gives me a warning when it's at fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but the the nice thing is it's it's hot swappable. In other words, I don't have to turn it off. I can just leave it there and switch out the batteries real quick, and I go right back up. So I just I travel around with a lot of batteries. <laughs> yeah. I now when did that Sony come out? I, to, to be honest, I've never even heard of the Sony it drone. Came out two years ago. Okay. All right. Seth, did, the, you, did you hear that Sony first, made drones? What year are we in? 2023. We're going to. Maybe the first ones came out 2022, maybe. Okay. So a year or two years ago. Yeah. yeah Relatively I, I, that's now. That's what I want to say. That's pretty cool. I didn't. Yeah. I haven't heard much of it. Yeah. Uh, Seth, have you? I didn't even know Sony made a drone. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what, that's what yeah, I'm saying. They, yeah. So, yeah, it's. It's not for everybody, you know. It's not like Mavic Two Pro or Mavic Three. You know, there's a lot of people because first of all, it's a lot less expensive, mm-hmm. and it's not the kind of drone you're gonna. You know, this is unless you're using it your profession. I don't think you're going to get one of these just for games. Yeah, right. Well, that's that's very cool. All right. Know, so so getting into, but it's get, been a real game changer. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. uh, golf courses are big, and to be able to get that vantage point. I mean, there's pictures of you climbing up ladders to try to get a little bit higher. You don't have to do that much yeah. anymore. So in terms of ratio right now, in terms of shooting and your landscape shots of golf courses, would you say it's 80-20 drone to handheld or 50-50? Where are we at? Uh, it's probably more than 80-20. Yeah? So yeah, most, most of your so. shooting with that. And I think it's it's gone more with the drone since I started using the Sony. Before I, I was shooting with a Fuji um, GFX 100, which is a not really nice camera. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, now that I got the Sony, instead of climbing up a ladder, I mean, I could just hover this thing seven feet off the ground, or yeah. eight, rather than getting my camera crawling, taking a tripod, crawling up the ladder. Yeah, I could course. just you know, I can I can fly it six feet off the ground, eight feet off the ground, ten feet off. I can move it back and forth. So. I've been shooting mostly with it. What are some of the emotional connections or feelings, similarities from being a golfer? And we all know a great shot. Actually, we don't maybe all know that. I do. Seth golfs a little bit, but some of our (laughs) listeners might. But I mean, everyone that's, I think that's what the game's addicting is because you can day one, maybe you hit a hundred balls of a hundred balls in a bucket and you hit one perfectly. And you're like, Oh, if I can do that once, I I suppose I could do it every time. And there is some sort of crazy rush that happens with like a, a well-struck golf ball. Or, I mean, as you get better and you, you try to shape the shot and I'm going to hit a low stinger that's drawing to the left and you 
pull these things off. It's very artistic and, and there is a good sense of like uh, reward, external sort of validation. What parallels have you found golfing and getting uh, an amazing sunset or sunrise or, or shadows or golf shot? I mean, photography golf shot. What sort of parallels can you draw from both of those? Well, it would be like, you know, going out on some morning or afternoon and it's just this incredible scene. You know, maybe it's some unusual weather pattern or there's... I was in California. I woke up one morning and there was this low-level fog. Just the golf course kind of sat down in this little bowl and it was this low-level fog that just was hanging there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the sun came up over the hill and it was a wonderful scene and you're there to capture it and it comes out just the way you thought it might. It's very satisfying. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a, I think there was a moment in uh, Abandoned Dunes a number of years ago where I took this photo, you may have seen it, of the fifth hole. And, you know, it's probably one of my, if not my, one of my favorite shots I've ever captured. And it was a, um, well, you know, Abandoned Dunes is along the coast. And it was this, I think it was end of April, beginning of May. It was this overcast, misty, I wasn't expecting much, you know, it was you know, misting and the fog was kind of coming in off the water. And then, you know, you could watch the fog actually run up the cliffs. I was sitting out there waiting and I knew the golfers were coming, so I was probably going to have to move. And I looked on the horizon to the east and there was this little break in the clouds. And I thought, you know, if that for some reason I get lucky and there, that happens to open up a little bit this could be epic. So, I mean, and it was misting a little bit. I don't like to fly my drone in the rain. So I flew it out like back towards the fourth green and or kind of hovered it over the cliffs, looking down the coast, just hoping, you know, I put, I remember I, I thought that I got to put new batteries in here so I can keep that thing up as long as possible. And so I said, I got to have this thing in place because if the sun comes out, I mean, uh, and I can hear the golfers coming. And say, hey, dude, what's that? Is that a drone? Now, they were talking amongst, amongst themselves. And the sun broke through for, I don't you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. I mean, Incredible. there was, I, I want to say I got off 12, 15 frames, but only probably four or five of them were any good. And then that was it. Clouds, you know, came back over. I said, okay, I'm happy. And it was, yeah. when I went back to my room, I remember going back to my look at this and I go, wow. That was worth going out there in the cold and the mist. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So whenever I'm out there in the morning and it's cold or it looks like nothing, you know, I always remember that moment. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, listen, you just never know. You just never know. You just, you just never. It's like you never know when that you know great shot in golf's going to come. So you got to keep showing up or keep swinging or yeah, keep swinging, keep staying in the present. Know. Uh, yeah. You can't be thinking too much about the the missed shots and the bad shots and the this is a waste of time and driving around aimlessly because then you're gonna you're gonna miss that moment if you if you stay in the moment I think it's it's absolutely I mean very similar to the golf mindset in terms of trust the process right trust your training trust everything that you've done to get to this point and let it go. And then, and then see what happens. Uh, and sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you get a great shot and it has a terrible bounce. Yeah. Sometimes you, you have a kind of terrible shot and it turns out okay. And I think that's the same with like the weather and shooting. And you just could look like a rainy day and a cloudy day. But those are the days that kind of break open and get super dramatic or have the potential to. You know, most shots in golf are miss hits. Yeah. <laughs> they are. It's just, yeah. that's just part of the, 
you know, game. And I, I listened to Brooks Kepka talking not too long ago. And I don't remember what it was, an interview. Or, mm-hmm. He goes, when I go out in the golf course and play, I rarely, if ever, hit a shot exactly how I want to hit it. It's a little off center. It's a little offline. It's not quite on the high. It's never exactly how I want it. Mm-hmm. So when I realized that no shot's ever going to be perfect, that made a huge difference. Right. It's it's how bad your mishits are, right? Like yeah. that's that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And he goes, uh, you, he says, you still intend for it to be great. Mm-hmm. Like you show up on a cloudy day, and it's overcast. I mean, I had I was just in California. I had a number of them. You just hang out. You wait because you never know. And they were fine the last mo- the last morning. We were about just to pack it up, and the sun came out. And it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you just don't know. Let's move on towards. So you start selling a couple of your photos out of Westchester Country Club. Yeah. And they, you thought, you know, who's going to buy these? But someone did. What are the next steps in terms of going to all these courses, Bandon Dunes, California, uh, Pete Dye courses? I mean, I don't know what your count is in terms of courses you photographed, either professionally or even on your own. But how, how do we get to these next steps where now this is your career? Well, first of all, there was no social media. Right. You know, there was some email, but it wasn't any of the ways of communicating that you can today. And then there was no drones. So, you know, somebody can go out, take a picture with a drone, then post it. Next thing you know, five minutes, they post it on their you know Instagram account. There was mm-hmm. none of that. So a lot of the communication was through phone calls or let, written, let, you know, typed letters, uh, emails. And at first, it started off, I was trying to get work, you know, via emails or letters or whatever and it was not a lot was coming in <laughs> you know you throw a lot of lines out but you don't get a lot of bites yeah basically you do anything just so you can go photograph a golf course like hey can i come out and take pictures of your golf course i'll give you the photos it was kind of stuff like that which i'm sure guys do today mm-hmm. to get started i also i remember contacting once i had some photos i contacted some calendar companies i was just trying to figure out ways i created a website i was trying to figure out ways to get my work out there or you know how, how do i get courses to hire me i mean who the heck's gonna hire me i have no track record so you just start writing letters and trying to figure out creative ways to at least get on property at least let have somebody let you f- shoot their golf course i'd be willing to do it for free just to get the experience or get my name out there maybe they'll buy them but then after a while the tide started turning in other words instead Mm -hmm. of me having to throw so many lines out they were coming back hey it's me again the golf freak just a reminder that this december encore golf is doing a buy two dozen get one dozen free sale for all of their golf balls and that is one of the best sales you're gonna find believe you me trusted by professionals and yours truly this purchase is a hole in one so head over to encoregolf.com and make yourself or the golfers in your life very 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 happy this holiday season a lot of people found social media first and then got into art and photography because, oh, there's this great vehicle yeah. where I can share my work. I'm guessing or hearing, I think, that you started photography and taking photos of golf courses prior to social media being big. So you had that thing already set up, that yeah. sort of love and passion already set up. Now you have this vehicle to share it. Yeah, and even when it started to come out, I was just like, 
what is this? what is this i mean i did meet you on there and we have you on the podcast yeah. so there there is that social aspect we like to poke fun of it of course yeah but like you said it, it changed the tide so you have all this you have all this art to share this digital photography and now it was instagram your main thing for social media facebook what was it starting off it was facebook mm-hmm. and then it was twitter and then i jumped on Insta. i don't know if i jumped on instagram early but early enough, I mean, God, I remember on when Instagram first started, you'd make a post and you'd I get two hundred followers, like you know, oh, like man. None. I mean, it was just like I get two hundred new followers a day, and I only had five hundred. The the good old days, <laughs> you know, it was just yeah. like whoa, this is cool, and now you know, it's like you know, I got close to eighty thousand followers, and it's just a whole different ball game now. Anyway, yeah, so social media has made a huge difference. It really has. Yeah, and then I got on LinkedIn, and I think LinkedIn. I just want a little sidebar here. LinkedIn's like the dark horse that yep. a lot of people love. It, it comes up a lot in this podcast. It's like the yeah. sneaky one. It's it, the sneaky uh, one. I think a lot of my business, not I, but I think a lot comes from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it is. It's a sneaky one. I think that's, I think that's where people mean business, right? And yeah. if they're looking for a photographer that does certain things, you have a good chance of being found for that and approached. The whole vibe is a lot different. You know, mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of the, you get it less than Instagram, but you know, it's like you inevitably you post something, somebody's going to have some critical comment. Yeah. <laughs> I know I don't be nice, yeah. <laughs> or somebody, you know, there's always something there's always, but you don't get that on LinkedIn. It's much more civil, much more professional. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I keep making a note and I should probably look into it a little bit more just cause you know, people, people bring it up a lot and I don't know, Seth, do you have a LinkedIn? Somewhere in covered in dust. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's covered in dust too. <laughs> I uh I struggle to I, I just can't place my attention across too many different social media platforms. Otherwise I'll just burst mm-hmm. into flames and leave this realm. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stick with a few, you know, that I enjoy the user interface of. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Instagram's user interface. LinkedIn, yeah. I, I fall asleep on. Is it effective? I'm sure for some people, but like I'm just not excited about it. And so when the user interface isn't exciting to me, I lack the passion to get on there and figure out a way to make it useful for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. I just like yeah. the idea of putting my time into a couple things. And, and like we're talking about, that could be different for everybody, right? Twitter, I've tried, I can't even tell you how many times to figure that beast out, but I don't like it enough to really dig into it and figure it out. Even Instagram, I mean, I don't have that. I go back and forth between how much time do I really want to spend on this? And I've said it so many times, the less time I spend on that damn app, the better I perform in every part of my life. <laughs> You're hearing me speak from passion right now because this is like, I'm feeling that way right now. I feel like I'm spending too much time on it and I need to step away. Yeah. And how four years of this podcast, how many times have we said that? And every time I do that, my performance increases outside of the digital world. Totally makes sense. I mean, time time into anything is time out somewhere. Yeah. You know? Right. The more I practice golf, the worse my photography goes. And the more I do photography, the worse my golf game is. So <laughs> I believe you. Yeah. You know? it's a skill. You got to refine it. And if you're spending hours on anything that's different than that, I don't want to say it's a waste of time. It's just a different allotment of time. Yeah. 
And no. I'm, I'm, I don't use the platform as optimally as I should. I'm speaking of Instagram. I did the 30 days in a row and that was optimal. Things were happening. Audiences were growing, engagement through the roof. That was really cool. But it's just like, uh, okay, so what? <laughs> yeah. Right? And I'm sure off, right? It's a lot different yeah. now. And I'm you sure know, I'll get back into it. Right? it the engagement on Instagram is way down for everybody. Yeah. It's, it's so saturated. It's like, I, I get to a point where it's almost like, so what? There's so much more yeah. to, to life. I mean, Evan, do you have a career without Instagram still? For sure. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. But I, you know what? If it wasn't for my business, I probably wouldn't even be on it, honestly. Yeah. It's all for business. Well, let's elaborate on that. What do you mean? Well, it's just, I get a lot of business from it. Just from people going to my website. Per, yeah, purchasing prints. I get notes all the time when I shoot a golf course. Hey, is that going to be on your website? To buy? I want to buy a few. Yeah. So I get business from there. I get DMs all the time for people asking me, have you shot this golf course? Have you shot this golf course? Are you going to shoot this one? What do I, how do I get you to come and shoot my golf course? Mm. It's, it's, That's it's, awesome. Definitely, it's for business. And if it wasn't for my business, would I do it for kicks? Probably very little. Because people ask me all the time, and you know, I, and I think people will comment. Oh, I really enjoy seeing your stuff every day, and it's fun. And I just, yeah. you know, I sometimes I make my bucket list from your, you know, from your posts. And you know, wow. I also have, I also have guys who handle Instagram and Facebook ads for me. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they're pumping out ads, and so it's all connected and linked so that help one one kind of feeds the other i mean I, i'm getting this from those last couple of sentences but there's something super personal about golf or golf courses or this hole mm-hmm. or that hole i mean it's a really neat niche of photography it's it's yeah. landscape but there's such a personal touch to it to each hole i remember back in the days when you know tiger woods the the ea sports golf game put on tpc river highland the Cromwell course, the Travelers. And that's the course that I've played many times. And to be able to play that on the video game was such a selling factor for me in terms of like getting an Xbox and buying that game. I'm not, I don't play games. I'm not a gamer, very little in my life, but that alone created basically a $500 purchase when I was younger and $500 is a lot of money to get Xbox, to be able to play Tiger Woods at River Highlands where I've played golf. And like, let's see what score I can do and blah, blah, blah. But the, just the, the connection to golf and certain holes or going to a tournament, one of these tournaments that pros are playing, like I've, I've stood there and I, I birdied that hole or I parred that hole with a chip in. There's such a connection. And I can see that being like that, you know, behind you, you have two beautiful golf holes. And if anyone had an emotional moment on any of those golf holes, they're going to want to purchase that photo. And I get DMs all the time and go, yeah, once I go play that, I'm going to buy a print from you of it. So cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Now, how many golf photographers, videographers are there in the space of, the, I, you know, Instagram, social media? I have no idea. No? <laughs> I, I really know. I, I have no idea. And I honestly don't really pay that much attention to it. Now, are you, are you professionally being hired for private courses and or public courses but by the course or is this a pga entity like you're you're taking photos of the tournament people there or a little of both where where does the where's the money coming from the courses are hiring me 
Gotcha. For almost 100% of the shoots. I, I haven't shot a tournament in a long time. I, I have shot a few, but I haven't done it in a while. The majority, if not all, my shoots now are because the courses are hiring me. In October, I was down in Florida for almost three weeks. I shot five courses down there. And then I just got back last week. I just, right before Thanksgiving, I, I was out in California for 10 days shooting four courses. Very cool. Yeah, I know I get like, I'll get messages on Instagram lots of times. Hey, come and shoot my golf course. I mean, I know there's guys who go around just taking photos of golf courses and posting them on social media, but that's not my. No, and I, I think that's the battle for everyone that does photography or content creation. Yep. professionally or trying to get paid for it and trying to take it seriously and do it really professionally is the undercutting of I'll, I'll go shoot your your golf course the, the free guy that's going to go do it yep. and if they want to go that way they're probably going to deal with some potential headaches or or issues that they're going to have to versus dealing with a professional yep. uh, doesn't mean those people aren't talented doesn't mean they don't have skill yep. doesn't mean they can't get really lucky with an amazing sunrise or sunset and have a spectacular photo and sometimes it can go smoothly but uh, there's something to be said for bringing your car to a certified mechanic versus you know the neighbor down the street that says i can fix brakes uh so so going forward you know you so you're at this point where you're you're getting hired for all these um golf courses you're traveling around at least the u.s right now mostly europe um, maybe sometimes and taking photos is it when you go there with your deliverables i'm curious maybe personally but is it yeah, I'm going to get your signature hole or a couple of holes during this time. Am I going to spend days there getting the best shot I can of each hole of your course? Does it depend on the package and what they really want? And the last follow-up question, are you incorporating any video with your drone and uh, cinematic sort of views of the golf course as well? Yes. Um, so yeah, there's different packages. For instance, this last trip to california all of the shoots all four of them were two-day shoots mm -hmm. so they essentially they hired me for two days and they said yeah go go at it go have at it here are some of the holes that we want photographed but other than that we're just going to leave it up to you you know there's but there's even with a two-day shoot there's a lot of coordination you know like with a superintendent or golf like one place didn't allow carts for four days prior to the shoot because they didn't want cart tracks all over the place smart yeah, it was very smart. I mean, they had the benefit of, you know, there was a day of rain, so it made it easy. Mm -hmm. but, you know, they wanted the golf course to look sharp. And, the, you know, the superintendent every morning, I'd give him a list of holes, and he'd have his guys up early out mowing fairways, raking bunkers, you know, mowing fairways, approaches green, so it looked pristine. This shoot I'm going to do in Florida is a, a much bigger one. It's they want still images of all 18 holes and they want video of all 18 holes. So I got to do wow. both. It could take me five or six days. Yeah, I would think and, so. Cause you, you want good light on every hole. Yeah. So, you know, the window to shoot, especially in Florida, maybe an hour and a half in the morning and maybe an hour and a half in the afternoon. Yeah. Somewhere in that vicinity. You yeah. Know, it's, it's tricky. Your, lights probably an hour. Yeah. And you're covering a lot of ground. So, yeah. I mean, you can't, what would what, what do you pigeon off three holes for the hour, two holes for it the, depends. you know, it yeah. depends. What I like to do is I like to do it in chunks. Like if there's, 
five or six holes nearby and I can get around them pretty quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, I could shoot six holes in an mm -hmm. afternoon with, you know, get some various, I mean, it's with a drone, you could move it around without moving around. Uh, just another follow up question. And Seth, you can jump in. Uh, I think I'm done after this, but <laughs> uh, a lot of questions. I'm getting golf excited. Uh, even though golf can be a sleeper sport to me, it's, it's just a beautiful game. You, it sounds like you wished you had a camera on that hole in California, uh, the, the whole reflection, which is a really cool photo. Yeah. Maybe we'll overlay it on the video. And or what you came from that was like, I need to go buy a camera. So your passion obviously was born from this moment on the golf course. Now, did you veer anywhere else? Now you have a camera. Does camera inspire you to, oh, I want to go to Yosemite and I want to, I want to take my skills from these landscapes that are very particular, they're, they're golf landscapes and transfer that to Big Sur in California or while you're out in these places, like I want to see these national parks, landscapes, wildlife, portrait photography, anything else, or has it always been for the last, uh, what are we at? 30 years, 30 plus yeah. years, golf course photography. And are you bored of it? No, not bored. I, I love it. And I think also, just having this new equipment and the Sony their peak, it's not, it's like, I can't think of another way to say it, but it feels like real photography now. Anywho, uh, just, you know, to, to round up the conversation, we're, we're coming in on an hour. Seth, any, any concluding questions, any thoughts? I'm just listening to two golf guys really yeah. talk about their stuff. Yeah. Do you, over, do you, sh over here shooting a hundred. So, <laughs> so, Listen, we appreciate yeah. your time. Oh, thank um, you. Where can people find you? Give us a little plug of your work. Well, my well Instagram is Evan Schiller. For, they can find Evan Schiller Photography. And we'll put all the links in our episode yeah. as well. And uh, my website is evanschillerphotography.com. Well, that's easy. Well, that's, yeah, that is easy. easy. I think we learned a lot. I think it's a really interesting niche. And uh, yeah, I look forward every time I see your posts, I do make those mental bucket lists as well. Like I, I want to play this hole for sure. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Of course.